Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you because I'm anointed and I'm anointed to teach. Thank you, Father God, because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I thank you because the anointing of God is in and within us this morning to bring forth the word of God with accuracy. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Right, so this morning I want to talk about hindrances to answer prayers. Hindrances to answer prayers. Hindrances to answer prayers. Why is it that sometimes we find that our prayers are hindered? Why is it stopped? What, what does a hindrance mean? Like a blockage, a stumbling block, something that stops prayers. What are some of the hindrances to answer prayers? Number one, okay, this is part one. I want to give a quote by a man called uh, Martin Lord Jones. Martin Lord Jones said, Prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Prayer is the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. Man is at his greatest and his highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. The abilities of the Christian life is dependent so much on prayers. The ability of the Christian life is dependent so much on what? On prayers. But you know, the funny thing about prayers, let's, let's go to Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. I know you call this the Lord's Prayer, but don't be calling it the Lord's Prayer. It was a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. The Lord's Prayer is in John. Luke chapter 11. And the, the, the funny thing about prayer is that we, a lot of us learned about prayer from just hearing prayers. So most of us just learned about prayers by hearing someone pray. Hearing our parents pray or the church will, will go to. So you find out that most people pray like either their pastors or the people around them. And most times, we don't even investigate or think through our prayer points before we pray. We just pray because we've heard it prayed. For instance, I'll give you an example. You ask someone to come and lead prayers. We're starting the service. And you say, why don't we just pray and open the service? I don't also know where we got the opening and the closing from. But let's say it's for a start. And when we finish, you say somebody should open the prayers. We're in church. We've come for fellowship. And the person picks the mic and says, we want to let us invite the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. So we all start inviting him. Say, let's invite his presence. We cannot do anything without his presence. Beautiful for that invitation. Three questions. Number one, where was the Holy Spirit uh, before we had to send an invitation to him? Where was he actually? Number two, why does the Holy Spirit need to be invited to our midst? 
Number three, we've opened this church in the last five years. The first service, we invited him. Do we have to renew our invitation subscription every time we come to pray? And I have prayed that way before, and I know that's the way we're taught to pray when we want to start services. And it's all because we haven't read or believed when the scripture says that I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered, I am there in their midst. So if we believe the word, what do we pray? Do we say we invite the Holy Spirit? No, we don't invite him. We do what? We acknowledge his presence. So what you would rather say is, can we thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit? What are we doing? There are two different things. Inviting him and thanking God for him. There are two different things. So I say, eh, but it's not bad. But the point is we cannot keep doing things that are not right all in the name of it's okay. That's why the scriptures were give, was given to us. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. You are the permanent dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. That is why till tomorrow, I will still have issues with what people call the articles of faith. Because what that does sometimes is that it transfers the power from you into the anointing oil, into the holy water, into the holy handkerchief, which is not supposed to be. Now, something about Paul, the Bible says, aprons from Paul's body heal the sick. Now, you must understand something. It wasn't deliberate. Paul wasn't having apron miracle services. If the aprons, if you if you watch all those um, those movies, those uh, what's that now? All those movies now, those Christian movies, Jews, Galilee, they would tie all their bodies, they wear guns and all that. Now, what happened is that people were sick and Paul couldn't get there, so he took sweat rags from his body and gave it to to them to take to those people as a point of contact for them to be healed. Now, you must understand something, that everything in scriptures is not necessarily a pattern for us. Because certain things only occurred once in scripture. Now, we can actually lay hands, I'll talk about that when I teach about the healing anointing. We can actually lay hands on materials and, and, and pray over them and send them to the sick and it will produce results. But we cannot make that a doctrine. There was a time I traveled and my son was sick. Carries was about four or five then. Was sick. High temperature and all kinds of things. And I traveled. I wasn't around. My wife called me. I said, oh, look for any of my shirts and just wear it on him. You'll be fine. And she did that. And she was fine. I didn't have to pray on that shirt. I had the consciousness that as far as it was a shirt I was wearing, the anointing of God was on it. That, that does not mean I have to now have shirt services. And I haven't repeated that instruction again because some instructions are act of faith. Are we, are we together? All right. Now, if you follow Peter, Peter did not use aprons. Rather, it was Peter's shadows. That was shadow. That was it. How many shadows does Peter have? Two? Okay. It was Peter's shadow that was healing the sick. So the Bible says that people watched from when Peter was walking. And they would place the sick so that his shadow will fall on them. Now, Peter wasn't having shadow miracle services. 
You see, the problem we have in the body of Christ is once anything produces results, we build a program around it. I mean, even if I'm the one, imagine any minister today, his shadow heals the sick. I'll tell you, we're going to have shadow meetings. Are you following what I'm saying? But I want you to go somewhere because I made a statement this morning. It was a bit strong. I know it was a bit strong for some of you. <laughs> I won't repeat the statement, but I know it was strong for some of you. But you know the thing? This was a normal life for the apostles. That's what, one thing I want you to see. These miracles were normal. It was, Peter was not saying, okay, I want to heal the sick now. I want to heal the sick now. Shadow, start healing. Shadow, start healing. No! The man was just walking. He was just walking. It was normal work. He was just going about his daily business. But there was so much glory in his life that the sick were getting healed. You know, some of you, if you, if you understand what I'm telling you today, you might give people a lift just from that junction to this junction. And by the time they get home, they realize that they've been healed. Why? Because there's so much of the glory of God on your inside. Praise God. I said, praise God. So Peter was a shadow. Jesus, at some other times, put a, a spit on the mud, anointed the guy's eye. He wasn't having more spitting services. We cannot build a doctrine around a single act of faith. Are we together? Alright. So, how did I get here? Prayer. Most of us started praying by just hearing others pray. We were never taught how to pray. So you joined the church and they were killing enemies. You, 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 you entered the, 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 the killer's camp and you started killing. You didn't ask why they were killing you didn't ask the method of killing. Even some of you, even in the prayer, you just say it. I don't care. Let anybody that needs to die for my progress die. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care? Okay. <laughs> you will care. <laughs> you know, some of you, let me use some of us now. You know, some of us, we are the ones stopping our progress by our attitudes and our habits. So when you now pray prayer that anyone stopping your progress, you don't care, can die. You understand answers to that prayer? You understand how that prayer is answered? One year down the line, gone too soon. You don't care. The child of God was never designed to pray in ignorance. Prayer is not, is not an activity to be carried on without knowledge. It was never designed to be so. It was never designed to be so. It was not designed to be the result of the sweat. How you sweat. No. Your prayers can affect you. They can move you. I've talked about that when I first taught on prayer. The prayer of Jesus. But prayer primarily has to be a product of knowledge. So let's read Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, Jesus was praying. If you observe this, if you are somebody who would like to study, right, go through the New Testament and underline everywhere the Bible says Jesus was praying. Just take it as an assignment. Go online or go to a Bible concordance. Just type 
whatever prayers in the, in the Gospels, check every time. You see that Jesus had a very consistent prayer life. Jesus had a very consistent prayer life. Jesus, the Son of God, had a very consistent prayer life. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to have a consistent prayer life, something is wrong. Look at this. He was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, when he stopped praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. You see, you see the request. You see, why would they say Jesus teach us to pray? It was because they observed something different about the prayer of Jesus. So they went to him and said, teach us to pray. These were his disciples. I mean, imagine if any of you was chosen as a disciple of Jesus. Will you ask for, to, to be taught how to pray anymore? No, that's what you will brandish everywhere. You know, I'm Jesus' disciples. When you mention prayer, we are the ones. No, but they have to humble themselves. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves to know that we're not praying right and we need to learn. You know, when I was in school, one of the signs that you were a prayer warrior was you had a cracked voice. How many of you have those prayer warriors around you? Come on in. Come on in. Why are you talking like this? Warfare, warfare. We're warfare, we're fighting. It's not easy. <laughs> see, man, that guy can pray. Can't you, can't you see his voice? And most of them had carryovers. Because the time they should spend reading, they went praying and miss. And then they failed. Now say it's persecution. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between faith and foolishness, you know? Spellings are not the same. Verse 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. When you pray, say. So prayer is saying things. Which essentially means that prayer is a method of communication. When you pray, say. Which signifies that prayer is communication. First of all, prayer is communication. And how many of you know that we need to be taught how to communicate, even in the natural? Sometimes you tell people, oh, you don't know how to talk. So prayer is what? It's communication. I, I, I don't have time, but if we go to the life of Abraham, you remember how Abraham prayed about Sodom? When God wanted to destroy Sodom? Come on now, talk to me, church. Remember how Abraham prayed? Lord, God said, first of all, I won't destroy until I tell, uh, I tell uh, Abraham my servant, my friend. And he says, God, if you find 50. God says, oh, God says, uh, Abraham says, oh, God, just pardon me. What about this? What about this? What about 10? What about... You see, God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. But when he met Abraham, he did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because he couldn't find 10 righteous people. If he had found 10 righteous people, they had been spared because he heeded Abraham's word. But that's prayer. He was communicating with God. Are you following what I'm saying? He didn't go and say, oh God, don't destroy, don't destroy, don't destroy. Oh God, don't destroy. No, no. When you pray, say, talk. Communicate. Communicate. You know, sometimes people say, in fact, I don't know what to pray. I just went to pray and I just started crying. I was just crying. When you finish crying, when you pray, say, say. Wipe your tears and say. 
know, sometimes my, my daughter is five. Sometimes she comes to me and she's, she's my wife is a bit more patient. I, I don't, I'm still learning. She comes and she's talking and she's crying. And I just give her one instruction. When you finish crying, we can start talking. Then the tears, so because she knows I won't, I can't hear her when she's crying. Are there times we cry to God? Yes. But if you are crying to God every time, something is wrong. When you pray, say. Everybody say, say. Say, say it one more time. Say, say. Say. So, so, see, when I just enter the place of prayer, I will just cry. Say, God, see my tears. See my tears. Oh, my tears. When you pray, say. Not when you pray, cry. Not when you pray, show your tears. When you pray, say. Somebody say, body burden is so much in my heart. I don't even know what to say. Speak to the mountain. Mark 11, 23, 24. What do you want that problem? How do you want that problem to be resolved? Then speak. We, listen, we must grow beyond emotional Christianity. Are you following what I'm saying? We must grow beyond emotion. I was just crying. I say, oh God, you'll not be praying the prayer of David. Oh, hear my tears in the, in the bottom of the rock. You know, when David was praying all those prayers, you know he was being chased. Sometimes Saul was pursuing him. Some of those prayers, David prayed in the forest, not knowing his future. You have a house. You have bed. You have light. You say you are David. How does that work? When you pray, say. What should you say? Go back to Luke 11. Our Father in heaven, I've spent time, go check our prayer series. I've talked about Father, approaching God as Father. That's very important in the place of prayer. We must approach God as Father, as His sons. I hope I have time. We, we, we can't, as children of God, be approaching God as the, what do we call it now? You know, you have all those names. I really don't pray most times, you know, so I don't have, you know, have all those titles. The one who fetches water with basket. The one who, if he opens his leg, nobody can stand. The one who lights fire without matches, you know. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, when you pray, say, Father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like Zara coming to me and say, the pastor of KDCC, the, the husband of Mary, the, the son of David. I was like, is something wrong? To everybody, to you I'm pastor, to my wife I'm husband, to somebody I'm friend, but to you I'm father. There is no sweeter name you can hear than your children call you father. So don't go to God with, the, it's good. I'm not, you know, some people will say, don't enter the presence of God without praise. First of all, praise him and praise him. When prayer fails, try praise. When prayer fails, did you just hear yourself? That when prayer fails, like when there's no network, try praise. Did you hear yourself? And then you now see people come to God and start hailing God. Some don't even know the meaning of the words they, they say. He didn't, Jesus didn't even tell them when you pray, say our God. He says when you pray, say our Father. You see, this is very important. Please follow me. If you see God as Father, you cannot understand why prayer is communication. Right? Because now you are having what? 
a conversation. It now makes sense to say, yes, I want to talk to my father about this. God, I'm having this struggle. What do you think? That's prayer. Prayer is not just sending arrows. <laughs> I remember one time in school, I don't know what happened. I don't know if we were hungry or I don't know what happened. We went to one woman's backyard and plucked orange. And mom was very, she wasn't wicked, but she was not very nice. So, <laughs> I think they, anyway, she was making noise. We had the compound, who took our We just kept quiet because since they didn't ask us directly, there's no need for you to now come and say you are the one that took. They asked a general question to the atmosphere. So, they have asked us directly, we would have known, but they didn't ask us. They asked everybody. And, yeah, so. <laughs> so, the woman has said that she's going to fast. And pray for those who took this orange. I told my friends. I said, this is what they had in fasting that prayer. You better go and tell. Now, but, but you see, we almost make prayer like a tool to get something. And I don't want you to see this prayer series from that. I want you to see this prayer series from more of what? A communication. A talk. A conversation. The reason is because when you understand prayer like that, anything that bothers you, you can talk to God about it. You will not have the mind that I can pray about this one. I can handle this one. No, no. It might be a habit. It might be something. It might, I mean, it can be even your car keys. You don't know where they are. You can have a conversation with God about it. Praise God. <laughs> I mean, it's very simple. When I went on this trip, I, I don't know I dropped my glasses. Kept it somewhere. The first day, I went to where the where things that gets missing can be found. I didn't see it. And my roommate said, oh, so what are you going to do? I said, don't worry. Before we leave here, the angels will get it to me. I'll get it. And I just prayed about it. God, can't travel without this thing. I need to find it. The last day we were leaving, we saw it in our room. We had searched the room. It's a casual conversation. You can pray about things. But it has to be what? Say. Communication. What should you say? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. This is where I want to go to. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very important. If you have your Bibles, underline that statement. One, the number one hindrance to prayer is that we do not pray God's will on the earth. Rather, we pray our will. It says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's something I wanted to say. I skipped it. Let me go back to my note. The word teach, when it says teach us to pray, in the Greek is didasko. It means to teach, to hold a discourse in order to instruct, to impact instruction, to instill doctrine, to explain or expound the thing. Like instruct us to pray. Expound this thing called prayer to us. The disciples found it very essential and important to ask that they be taught how to pray. This pointed out the fact that John, they also pointed out the fact that John taught his disciples to pray. One of the ways to know a matured ministry is their prayer points. If I walk into a church and I see how they lead prayers, I will know if the ministry is matured or not. You can tell spiritual maturity from what people pray and how they pray. Now, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is primarily executing the will of God on earth as it is written in heaven. 
the most important phrase here is the will of God. Prayer is not primary, primarily the expression of your will. Prayer is primarily the expression of God's will on earth. That is very important. Because the number one hindrance we have to prayer is the emphasis on our will. So most times you find out that when we go to the place of prayer, you know what happens? We are just going there to say, God, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is much. You, I hope you have calendar there. Now listen, when I'm talking, this one, this one, this one, this one. Do it in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you don't do it in six months, I will stop coming to church. That's, the, that's how we approach prayer. It's almost like we have designed our life and we just present it to God and say, where is this stamp? Uh, you know how bankers now give you bank form to fill here to, to fill open accounts. They'll just say sign here, sign here, sign here. <laughs> A bank form here, interesting. Sign here, sign here. That's what you, you just do to God when you are praying. Just carry the list. 2019, a year of double overtaking. Seven pages. Say God, come. Sign here. <laughs> I open all the pages to God and he say, oh, I prayed 40 days of fasting just for God to rubber stamp your desires even this prayer a lot's prayer, you know I started teaching it I've not finished it, you know we don't even pay attention to this place, the place we run to is give us this day our daily bread that one, you like that one give us this day you don't want anything, just daily bread. And I've told you that that but daily bread is not daily provision. It's daily revelation, daily messes. Okay. <laughs> so let me give you two Old Testament examples. How many of you remember Elijah and the famine? The famine that happened when Elijah prayed for three and a half years. Right. I was explaining to some people in my office yesterday that came visiting. Elijah didn't pray that prayer because he wanted to show power. That is something we must also be careful of. Prayer is not for us to show power. Prayer is to execute God's will. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Come on, I want to say it loud and clear. Everybody, prayer, prayer. is primarily the execution of God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Let's, let's say it one more time. Say prayer, prayer. is primarily the execution of God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Simply put, God already has a will in heaven. But we are the ones with the authority on earth. So what do we do in prayer? We look into what is in heaven and because we are the ones on earth, we pray it into the earth and make it to happen. In that way, you would have 100% answers to prayers. 100% answers, guaranteed. So let me go to the end of my message and I'll come back. You know the most difficult thing? People don't have the time to find out God's will. Why? Because they already have their will. You know, some of you will leave you. Your life is planned. Even, even you have the plan, even after you are dead, there is still plan. When you don't even know what is happening, you have planned your afterlife. That once I die, I'll become a spirit. I'll be a very tall spirit. You, have, you even have goals of the kind of spirit you want to become. That's how strategic you are. <laughs> Choked up. Heavy pop. 
balance. Your life is congested. There's no space for God. You have it mapped out. <laughs> There's a level of foolishness that it takes to walk with God. Sometimes, the care about the future would deprive you of following God's plans for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's go to 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Let's go quick now. 1 Kings 17. Are you getting blessed this morning? Say amen if you are. Alright, that amen was low. Are you sure you're getting blessed? Say amen if you're getting blessed. Amen. That's better. Or oh, I'll I start saying shout fire if you are blessed. Please don't. <laughs> are you there in Acts chapter 17? Oh, sorry. 1 Kings. Yeah. 1 Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitant of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, look at this word, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. But observe how he started saying it. He didn't just go and say, uh, um, I'm Elijah, I'm a prophet. There's not, no, he says, the Lord before whom I stand. What does that word mean, before whom I stand? What does it connote? It connotes that Elijah has had an interaction with God. Now, let me give you, let me backtrack a bit. I don't have time to go through the scriptures, but God had already said to Israel that any time you guys are in idolatry, I will seize the rain from falling on your land. Come on, follow me, follow me. This is, this is, if you understand this, you understand the message. So follow me. What that means is that Elijah did not just wake up and say, I will close rain. You people, I will close. No, he didn't. There was already an instruction from God that if the children of Israel were in idolatry, the rain will stop. So what Elijah did was in fellowshiping with God, he knew he needed to do this. To do what? To turn Israel back to God. So he says, accept uh, by my word. Now, even though it is his word, it is actually the word of God that Elijah spoke. Oh, come on. Are you following me? It's the word of God. Because God says that if you are in idolatry, I'm going to seize the rain. So Elijah says, according to my word. But it wasn't really his word. That was something that was already written. Okay. Go to 1 Kings now. You understand it now. 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, he prophesied that and the drought came. <laughs> eh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, you know the funny thing? I don't, uh, this story is so interesting. I'm writing a book on this story now. But you know the funny thing? You know, when he prophesied that drought, because it was God that sent him, God was now feeding him. Because when he prophesied that drought, he affected everybody, including him. But because he was sent by God, God now had to take what? Special care of him. Okay. Now, let's go to chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days. Now, that after many days, this is already three and a half years. That is why when you are reading scripture, it is important to interpret scripture properly. For instance, when you read the word after many days in scripture, it looks like it just took a few days. No. This was almost three and a half years. How many of you remember? In the book of James, we know that. Three and a half years. It says, after many days, what happened? The word of the Lord came to Elijah in the fourth year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Can you see it now? Now, 
If you use scripture to interpret scripture, if it was not God who stopped the rain, do you think God would tell him, go, I'm going to send rain? No. So if God told him, go and tell Ahab now, I'm going to send rain, it means in the first place, it was God that told him to proclaim that there's not going to be rain. Come on. Do you understand this? So when you now go to the book of James, chapter 5, verse 17, James 5, 17, James 5, 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. If you read only James 5.17 without studying 1 Kings 17 and 18, you would think it was through his power of prayer. So the Bible says in James, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three, three years and six months. And then he prayed again and the rain came. I said, man, Elijah can't pray. That man was praying and stopping rain. No. Elijah was only praying the will of God in heaven to be done on earth. We are as powerful as we pray God's will. How many of you remember, if you follow the story, a Bible student here, how many of you remember, even though he had prophesied to Ahab, what did he do when he said rain is going to come? What did he do? He went up to the mountain again to pray. Can you see how easy it is to get answers? What he just needed, God had already told him, I'm going to send rain. So what was Elijah praying? Elijah was just praying and saying, Lord, let your word come to pass. Why? Why did God and Elijah need each other to execute this mission? Man has the authority on, on earth. Are we together? Come on, are we together? So you see how easy it is. So if you read James chapter 5, okay, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced this fruit. Now, if you read... 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 you will realize God told him I am going to send rain are we together? are we together? but in James chapter 5 verse 18 the Bible says he prayed again and heaven gave rain now if you study James 5 18 without reading 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 you will pray for rain until they will carry your dead body and bury you in the rainy season because prayer is not a show of power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All this one entering your office and saying, this manager that is treating me like this, I will show him that there's a God, on, uh, God in Israel. Rock of age. He's God of Israel. You are serving all your God. That's how we have made idols out of Israel. I don't even want to talk about that, but I need to teach that. Holy land, holy land, holy land. Romans tells us very clearly, say the Israel which is now, it is in bondage with their children. The truth of the matter is that we don't believe the Bible. We rather just believe what one popular preacher has taught. So you hear believers saying, Papa said, the bishop said, archbishop said, Papa said, Daddy said, Pastor said. Don't be saying Pastor said, Daddy said, Baba said, eh, this one said, Baba Lao said. Say the word says, you can't find it in the word, throw it away. Whatever I teach you, if you can't find it in scriptures, throw it away. See, it's not about us. I mean, that's why I'm big on accurate interpretation of scriptures because it makes a whole lot of difference. Yesterday, yesterday was Saturday, right? Yes. Yesterday, I got a call from a man in Abuja. He watched our TV program. By the way, um, the, the second television station we are on gave us 
last, they sent me a letter last week that they were blessed by our teachings and they are giving us a free slot every Saturday now. And so they just give us a free slot every Saturday. So, and that's, that's, that's a miracle. So the, so the Saturday slot, a man watched it in Abuja and he called me. You know, he called the office. It was an elderly man. And the guy has been in ministry for 32 years. And, you know, when I saw that, I had to call him back. And he said he just wanted to tell me thank you. That his, his heart is satisfied that he's seeing young people who are teaching the truth of God's word. That he's been in ministry for 32 years. And he's, um, he's just appalled by the things he see people are teaching. That's why it's important to get the good news out there. Praise the name of the Lord. Right, let's go back to us. Stop now. Okay, so let's look at Daniel. But do you understand that now? You understand how the whole rain issue now? Uh -huh. So even that Elijah calling fire, we can still deal with that. So you need to study. You know, there are issues in that that we have not touched. Elijah calling fire. That is why when the disciples wanted to call fire, Jesus now told them, you don't know the manner of spirit you are made of. Why Elijah called fire, you are not aware. All you just know is the fire. You know, I, 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 saw, I saw someone teaching one day, and he was so, he was just exhorting Elijah. Elijah was so powerful. Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, let people come. And he was just exhorting the killing that this man was doing. I'm like, wow. Out of everything in this man's life, what impressed you is that he was sending fire to kill people. The proof that you are powerful is not how much you destroy. The proof that you are powerful is how much you build. Can we say that again? The proof that you are powerful is how much you do what? You build. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to Daniel chapter 9 verse 3. Daniel chapter 9 verse 1 to 3. Are you learning anything? Talk to me. Are you learning anything? Good stuff. Daniel chapter 9 verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, or the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, Verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, look at this, look at this, I, Daniel, understood by the books, we're, we're going to go to the books now, by the books, the number of the years, look at this, specified, everybody say specified, by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Verse 3. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting and sacrifice. Now, very important. Why did Daniel start praying? Daniel started praying when he discovered that God's word to the children of Israel was that you were going to stay in Babylon for 70 years. So it means Daniel already has access to the will of God in heaven. Oh, come on. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah. Let's look at those books now. Jeremiah chapter 25. Jeremiah 25. That's why you must read the whole Bible. It will give you understanding. Look at this. Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 9. Verse 9 to 12. Ah, it's a long reading. So you just read that. I'll give you that one as homework. Jeremiah 29 verse 10. I want to move fast. Jeremiah 29 verse 10. Give me 29 verse 10. 29 verse 10. For thus says the Lord, 
after 70 years are complete at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work to you and cause you to return to this place. Now, very important, very important. Because we always quote this scripture, but we don't understand why God said it. Verse 11. Verse 11. Come on, everybody. You remember this scripture? Talk to me, church. You remember this scripture? What does it say? For I know the thoughts I have towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil, that you might have an expected end. Was God talking to you? How come we, how come, how come we love Jeremiah 29, 11, but we miss verse 10? Jeremiah 29, 11. How many of you know 10 comes before 11? Come on, that's a mystery. How many of you know 10 will always come before 11? So you know why God was telling them this? This scripture was to assure them that he's got them covered after 70 years. This scripture was not actually to you that you're going to have a car, you're going to have a house, you're going to have a triplet. You, know. you can use it, but, you know. <laughs> does God have plans for you? He does. Were you in captivity? No. But you can use it to pray. It's not bad. But understand the context. It's good when you're even using... You know, sometimes when I'm teaching here, I say, well, I'm taking this out of context. So it's good. You can pray with the scripture, but understand the context of Jeremiah 29, 11. The context was God telling them that I already have plans for you. You're going to be there for 70 years. Can I tell you something? If, some, if Daniel started praying at the 65th year, that prayer will not be answered. He will pray for five years before God answers why because there was a specific word of the lord about that captivity so in the seventh year the guy was reading the book and he found out what <laughs> this is 70 years already come on it's time let's pray this thing but remember what the bible says this is very important now it, let's look at the no verse 10 go back to verse 10 i want to show you something there which is very important for thus says the Lord, after 70 years, I completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work towards you and cause you to return to his place. Now, why do we pray? We pray because of this line, I will perform my good work towards you. Prayer is taking God's word back to him and say, this is your will, it's time to perform it. So that's why we pray. It's like, it's like, it's like if you have a fixed deposit, right, in the account. What do you need? You need to sign it to be activated. That's what it is. What we actually do in prayers is we activate the will of God. We activate what God has willed already. So that's why when I pray for the sick, I don't pray if it is God's will. I already know it is the will of God for the sick to be healed. So what, how many of you remember? Uh, go study. There was never a time that Jesus told the disciples, go pray for the sick. He just told them straight, go heal the sick. That means do it. So that means healing is the will of God. So when you are sick, you already know that if you pray for healing, you can receive your healing because it's the will of God. So you're not praying, oh God, if it is your will, oh God, I am learning things through this sickness. How can you learn? What are you learning through sickness? The Holy Ghost is your teacher. I am your pastor. The word of God is here. Don't learn anything through sickness. You might never recover before you finish the classes. Who taught you that? Go to the website and download what I taught on sources of sickness. And I'm, we're going to have a healing service the last Sunday of this month. And I'm going to teach you on the will of God concerning healing. Don't, don't say, ah, we, we know when I was sick, I was just learning. God was just speaking things to me. We almost make it like sickness 
is the, is the master teacher. A thousand times no. You will learn more in the divine health than you're sick. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Learn the lessons from God's word. Learn it from the teaching meetings. Learn it from pastors and equippers that he has given. Learn it from the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Daniel found the will of God and prayed it into existence. Prayers that will receive answers cannot just be emotionally based. They must be based on the will of God. Now, there is the general will of God and the specific, specific will of God for individuals, for business, for families, for churches, cities, regions, and nations. Most times in prayers, we want our will to prevail. If you go to Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Luke 22, 42, let's have that quickly. You'll find something here about the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Jesus was praying. He says, saying, Father, saying, saying. Remember what Jesus told them when you pray, say. So Jesus was praying, saying. Look at that word again. Father. Everybody say Father. Father. Okay. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So you see right here that Jesus was struggling with what? His will and what? God's will. That is the struggle most times in prayer. And this struggle comes to young people, especially when they want to marry. You know, we have an unconscious way that if you marry God's will for your life, the lady will be ugly, be somebody you like. You know, I don't know how many of us, I, I used to have that mind. I don't know why they taught us. You know, people almost teach like the will of God is very bad. Some of you are afraid to accept the will of God now because you just feel that once you just accept God's will, God will just say, resign your work and go to Mozambique. No, most of you are afraid. So even sometimes, when you just even find that your husband is going to us ministry, you'll be very careful. Say, it's okay, well, don't be getting close to pastor. If they say, take announcement, don't take, oh. Because <laughs> that's how I know one man that used to take announcement. He now later became a pastor. Why are you scared? We always have this fear of God's will. But how many of you know God is a good God? You see, God will never put in your heart to do something. You know, I, I mean, it's like myself, myself and my wife. I like traveling. I, I like traveling. I can just travel. She is not the type who will do all of those traveling. And I, I, have a, I have a teaching ministry. I have a traveling ministry. God will not come into a traveling ministry when I don't like to travel. He will put that desire in my heart. He will use that desire to fulfill his will. You see, God has already crafted you for a purpose that fits his will. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Don't be scared of God's will. And I find out that when we submit ourselves to the will of God, we end up actually getting the best of life. So he says, not my will, but yours be done. So every time in prayer, this is one of the hindrances. Are you pushing your will? Or you're, or you're praying God's will to be done? Let's go to First John, then we can wrap this up. Wow, this is an interesting subject. How many of you are learning already? Praise God. First John 5, 14 to 15. First John 5, 14 to 15. Our lives, our lives are going to become better because of this, I'll tell you. Praise the name of the Lord. First John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. I want to say that word loud and clear. Say confidence. confidence. He said the child of God must approach prayer with confidence. We're not approaching prayers with uncertainty. 
You know, when you hear things like, we are going to storm the gate of heaven. We are sto don't storm, don't storm, don't storm, don't storm, don't storm. Don't carry Niger Delta militancy mentality into prayer. You are not a stormer. Is there a word like that? I don't know. You are a child of God. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why are you storming gates when you can come to the throne? Why are you doing at the gate? You know, this we know go green mentality. You can't bring it into Christianity. See, tonight we are storming the gate of heaven. We are coming back with answers. Why are you going and coming? You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Can't you stay in one place? You will go into heaven and come back with answers. He said, we are returning with answers. Return to where? You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are in a place of authority. Sit down. You know, we make Christianity so difficult. It's not as difficult as we have made it. That's why Jesus came. <laughs> Man, I don't know what I was even doing. When I was young, it was all, all night. My dad said I shouldn't go. I don't know how I ended up going. Yeah, I went to the all night. I mean, this is going to take my time now. And he said we should uh, we want to do something to the devil. We should collect instruments, whatever instruments we need from heaven. And you know, those were the days that Chinese film was hot, my blood. So <laughs> one of my pastors, my pastor is all our pastors now. The guy said he's not collecting instruments, that he's gonna he's gonna fight this thing with the, we'll just finish watching one Chinese film. You know all those Chinese films that has Shaolin temples. Do you watch all those films? I think I need to watch a Chinese film. I've missed those guys. That will kill the actor's master. Then he will go to the forest and train, 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 break all the bamboo stick and come back for the last fight. Ah! I miss those films. Somebody needs to look for Chinese film for so, so we went to this all night. So the guy said, let's collect instrument. My pastor said, no, he's not using instrument. This one, his last fight. Ah! <laughs> Man! That is how we guys started. Yeah! <laughs> so people now saw him and loved his approach. So they, all, they dropped their own gun. And before you know, we had a quarter of Chinese fighting. More. You know, and, and then we leave that kind of place with confidence. Like we have done battle. We have done battle. Then the next year, they now the next month, they now say this month or night. Power versus power. I say. With all the last fights last year. <laughs> Praise God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. Everybody say, in Him. In him. Our confidence must be in Him. Because our answers to prayers is guaranteed by the fact that we are in Christ. Okay. That if we ask anything, somebody say anything. Yes. According to what? What does He do? Yes. Everybody say, hears us. Yes. Or say, hear me. So that issue of saying that your prayers did not pass the ceiling, throw it away. The prayer, I don't know if God heard me. Oh God, he's not deaf. He heard you. If it is according to what? His will. Okay. The next verse, 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Simple. 100% guaranteed answers to prayer. 100% guaranteed. I found God's will. I speak it to God. God hears me. I have my answers. What is the next line after this? The fight of faith. So when I go back, I'm not praying about that thing again. I'm thanking God because I have the answers. Praise God. Come on. I said praise God. 
So what is our work here? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Renewing our mind so that we can know God's will is the greatest struggle. Because you, in, as all of us are now, we, you are praying that God will supply your needs. Let's, let me give you a typical example. I'm going to build up from here on Sunday. I'll give you a typical example. You are praying. You need money. Right? You need money. We all need money. I need money. You need money. Every one of us needs money. Even Buhari needs money. <laughs> okay, sorry I mentioned his name. I know some of you. Okay. All right. So, you get in to pray. And you are praying. This is a struggle. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I need money to pay my rent. As you are praying that prayer, you have calculated. This is month end. They would have paid my uncle, Mark Brown. So you are praying now. Everybody's looking for you, Mark. Don't move. They are looking for you now. <laughs> and then you are praying. In your mind, you have already calculated. After this prayer, I will just send him a text. Oh God, touch his heart. Father, touch his heart. I know that he likes to give, but his wife, Father. <laughs> yeah, that, people are praying, you know. And then you will now report the case, report his family. Even the marriage, we did not support it. But you said we should like anybody he brings. And this is prayer. And then, you know, people spend hours. What are they doing? They are already orchestrating the answers. But how many of you know if you just go to God with Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 and say, Father, I have a need. But your word says you supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. So I believe that need is supplied in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's going to happen? You give God the discretion to cause his will to come to pass. That's our greatest problem. Our greatest problem in prayers is our mind. Some of us think our managers need to be removed. Some of us think this one needs to happen. Some of us think this one needs to win for the country to become better. Some of, we all just have our will in front of us. So even when we go and pray, we don't even come with scriptures at all. We leave scriptures. We know what we want. God, sign here. That's what we want. That's why we don't have answers to prayers. So your greatest struggle right now is going to find God's will. Get into the word. What has God promised you? Amen. What has God said concerning your finances? What has God said concerning your home? What has God said concerning your child? What has God said concerning what you're going through? If we would get into the will of God, we would get answers to prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Note this. I'll build up from here on Sunday. Note this. In recognizing there are two things. So note this and then we end here. Number one, there is the written will of God. The written will of God is contained in the scriptures. The written will of God. Then number two, there is what you call the revealed will of God. For instance, in coming to Bonnie here, it was the revealed will of God. Now, there is nowhere in the scriptures where there is go to Bonnie and, and start a church. So that is the revealed will of God. Now, if I have the revealed will of God, I can pray that word. But this is where you need to now be careful. The revealed will of God must line up with the written will of God. Are we together? That means whatever God reveals to you must line up with what is already written. So for instance, you cannot say God revealed to you to steal somebody's money. Why? Because the scripture already says do not steal. So that can be the revealed will. 
praise the name of the Lord. So the revealed will is God's specific will for you, but it must be within the boundaries of the written will. So our greatest assignment is finding out what is the written will of God. That's why you must study. Listen, if you don't have a good study life, you have a weak prayer life. If you don't have a good study life, you'll have a weak prayer life. Are you blessed today? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We pray that our lives will be supernaturally transformed by this series. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.